My light bulb moment this week is a little bit of a continuation of last week, and that's a generational issue not being discussed. And that is that two-thirds of small businesses today, and by the way, 99% of businesses in the U.S. are small businesses, at least two-thirds of them are owned by baby boomers. And there's a generational transfer of unprecedented relevance coming up very soon. Somebody sent me this article, Japan's business owners can't find successors. This man has given his away. Uh, so in Japan, they're in calling actually a potentially devastating economic impact of an aging society. We could do something about that, though. We can do something about that. And so for those of you that are proactive, some of the things, and these are things that we actually drive in our programs without intentionally impacting valuation, is management. These are the things that drives a more valuable company. Your management team, lack of reliance on the owner, performance, especially EBITDA, which is a form of earnings as well as top-line growth, readiness, specifically owner readiness and business readiness, Super important, this one, and I've seen this firsthand, how this either killed deals, slowed deals, or whatever. It's getting your financial house in order. A little plug for a money SBO program, because that is exactly what it does. So money SBO definitely is something will help in that last area. I've also been thinking a lot about, uh, a lot of people have asked me for like a path. So what's your path to go or let go? A lot of people are like, I don't want to be behind the chair. Uh, I want to be able to take eight weeks off, that kind of stuff. And so you're going to start to hear me talking about something called 13X, uh, which is a structured way to drive results um, in your business. And it's really for growth-minded owners and managers that will allow for growth and allow for the owner to let go, step back a little bit, um, maybe get out from behind the chair, maybe focus on some areas of interest in life. And essentially with 13X is it's really looking at a three-year period, which will have 12 quarters plus a bonus quarter. So it's 13 significant improvements in the business. So every single quarter, uh, commit to some type of improvement in the business, something that will change from a marketing standpoint, education, operations, initiative, all different things that would be, and I'm sure you all can think of something. It's just not one off a quarter. And then at the end of three years, you will have had 13 significant improvements in your business. And at the same time, stay very, very focused on recurring activities um, that really drive profits, culture, and a competitive edge. And essentially, this drives valuation, allows the owner to let go or go. And so those are some of my light bulb moments this week. You're going to hear more about 13X. All right. I am going to invite... Garrison Neal to the um, uh, the mic uh, and um, to the screen here. Garrison, I'm going to take a little bit of trip down memory lane here for a second, okay? All right. Thanks, thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. I'll do a full intro for you in a second here, but uh, uh, in fact, you know what? Let me uh, let me start with the full intro because uh, I don't want I want to do justice. Uh, so you're a member of a third generation family business, Neal Corporation. Uh, which is a multifaceted, vertically integrated beauty education, distribution, and service service business. Uh, Garrison graduated from Tulane University with a Bachelor of Science in Management and Entrepreneurship, then lived and worked in San Francisco, where he was instrumental, instrumental in business development for software company Demand Force. Upon returning to New Orleans to rejoin the family business, Garrison has focused on business development for Aveda, they're an Aveda distributor, 
was also the visionary behind the Paris Parker, uh, I'm sorry, Parker Barber brand, uh, and currently serves as vice president of Neal Corporation in the Paris Parker salons and spas. So great background. And I'm going to show a couple pictures here, then it's just going to be you and I on the screen. Okay. So one of the ways, Eric Garrison, that you and I got to know each other was, oh, probably was probably about eight years ago. And uh, you were at a stage in your career where you had already had quite a bit of street credit. You had come from San Francisco and um, um, worked outside the family business for a while. But we got to be involved in a really cool project. It was called the Emerging Leaders. And in many ways, you were sort of the foundation of that program. You were at the very beginning of the idea. This was in two to 10, was probably five years into it. We said, we've got to be relevant for the next generation. So we created this structure called Emerging Leaders. We set some age criteria. And then it also resulted in some uh, competitions um, and um, awards because what we did is we assembled a group of usually two teams. And you led a team one year, um, you were on a team one year, and then you mentored a team another year, and you did take home the cup one year, by the way. Uh, congratulations to that. But it was really cool because it was a lot of young professionals of which that were rising into stardom. And many of them have continued to rise to stardom, including yourself in the beauty industry, and some have left to other industries. So I'm looking at this picture right there, and I see Garrison there. I also see Colleen, who recently has a very a great position at Aveda. Uh, I'm also looking at um, uh, Lauren Cooper, who now works for Tippy. There's Austin Randolph, who might be with us today. Uh, there is um, uh, Michael Gordon and a few other names, Suzette Nordstrom uh, of the Nordstrom family and Weldon Barber. And then here's another year, Aaron's in this photo. And there's Tatum in there too. So Tatum got into the act. And then there's also this picture at a conference where all of you are presenting in front of the two to 10 group, which is a pretty intimidating group. Um, and there's, uh, there is uh, your, your brother, uh, Tatum, uh, with the mic. Um, this competition uh, ended up being a cover story in Salon Today. Uh, and there is the cup. And to complete our memory, uh, uh, trip down memory lane, I found one other picture. I thought I'd throw it up. And you also were a panelist with Aaron uh, at PBA. So anyway, let's get the photos out of the way. Um, fun times. And let's start with that. What did that mean to you personally, the Emerging Leader Group? Um, yeah, well, well, first, thank you for uh, having me, but also thank you for always pushing me to, to get involved. And really, you know, I feel like what happened with the Emerging Leader Group uh, spawned many things for me. Um, it gave me a power. Um, as a leader in the industry, and it gave us all a platform, um, the next generation. And, you know, little things like that really help build confidence in the next generation. And um, you were a great mentor to all of us. And, you know, I don't know if you, we've really talked about this, but the first thing that we won for this idea was like, it was the salon of tomorrow. And I kind of like executed that in our Paris Parker Crondelette location. I mean, it's missing a uh, coffee shop, but other than that, like it's got the creative space, the shared workspace, the studio, um, all within the salon. And, um, you know, that that was basically the foundation of what we presented in one in that, in that it's article. Incredible. So it actually fueled your business model in future years. Sure. For know? sure. Yeah. 
a lot of light bulb moments to discuss with you. And, um, you know, you are, um, we'll talk generational right there because um, you are third generation, your third sort of fourth generation family business. And so let's kind of unpack that. What, what a, what a legacy and what shoes that you have to jump into um, with such a esteemed organization. How's that been like for you? Well, you know, it's an honor, <laughs> but also time also, you know, there's times where there's, there's a lot of weight that comes with it. You know, I'm a, I'm one of seven. Um, my oldest brother, Edwin is the CEO of the company um, who, you know, you've had on many of it. Many people know him. Um, but, you know, it really started started with my grandparents. Then my dad really kind of took it to the next level. And then this third generation with with Edwin and my mom really running the company is, has even taken it further than I think dad ever thought was possible. But, you know, dad left a lasting impact on the industry. Um, you know, a lot of people probably have heard of Edwin Neal II. But, you know, depending on when you knew him, he went by Smokey. <laughs> uh, he just like loved the industry so much. And he was so committed to elevating the professional in the beauty industry. And um, between him and my mom, like they really just, they dedicated their whole life to helping, we say helping people reach their full potential, but it was really helping the beauty industry reach their full potential. And, um, you know, so it, it's great. I mean, people um, are always surprised by how well we get along. I was I was going to comment on. It. Let me jump yeah. in, okay? Because I had I was last night. I was thinking about you and just mentally, just thinking about what we chat today. Is you know I've been under the hood. You know, for those listeners in here, I've been under the hood. And what I wrote down this morning it was is cohesiveness. And you know, um, you know, there's this succession series, and you know, cutthroat. That's not the Neil environment. You guys work together very cohesively, and I've seen it. I've seen times where there could have been a lot of conflict and it's super impressive. So I do give, give a shout out to you and the family and what you've accomplished. Cause that's not easy. No, it's not. And you know, dad did the work. He brought the right people in to give us the right mentorship and coaching. And it's all about just surrounding your team with the right resources for them to succeed. And uh, I'm very, you know, I lost my dad when I was 16 um, and I'm, grateful every day for I had access to um, the right mental health tools and the right people to really coach me through it. And, um, and yeah, I, I think that's really our part of our secret to success is just this pursuit of personal development. Yeah, I, you know, it's hard to think of two words to describe organizations. It's very difficult to really have that level of clarity. But I know, I know the two words, and it's uh, full potential. That always has really been the mission of the organization, and it, it still lives on today. You feel it every year at Serious Business, too. So talk about full potential and maybe what that means to you in embracing that. Yeah, well, I, I think first the first thing to say about full potential is um, you'd never really quite reach like that self-actualization, right? It's really about the pursuit, like the learning part that never ends. Um, and you know, I mean, God, there's so many different things to me. Like, I, I think serious business is just such a great example of our commitment to full potential. And, you know, that's, that's not, yes, we're an Aveda distributor, but that is not an Aveda specific conference. I think only like 30 or 40% of our attendees 
um, have a Veda in their salon. It's really about the industry. And, um, you know, what we have, my, my mom has always said, business development starts with personal development. And that is really what we're doing at Serious Business. It's about bringing people together to expose them to different thinking. I mean, and, you know, it's like, Tom, I, you've been to so many of the 25 plus that we've had. But, I mean, we had people like Deepak Chopra and Malcolm Gladwell. Like, these are speakers that you might question why they're speaking to the beauty industry. And that's, to us, that's like exactly why they're speaking. Because they're different. Yeah, I, there's definitely something that comes out of serious business every year. Being exposed to new thought leadership is one of many. So, so when we talk about full potential and that really being a guiding principle, purpose, whatever words we use, you know, I, I made this. I made a comment about Edwin, Edwin the Second, who was a big mentor to me, um, and he would move people around. I mean, I think there's people that have known for 25 years and they've been in five or 10 roles. And um, talk about that a little bit. I mean, yeah, he um, he was able to give this level of tough love that would um, bring you to tears, <laughs> you know, but people really he changed their life. I mean, to this day, I mean, we have so many um, team members at Neil who've been with the company for 25, 30 years. You know, I, I was talking to Karen Mack this morning, who's our, um, she runs our HR. I mean, she started on our switchboard back when, you know, they had a switchboard plugging things <laughs> into different uh, locations. So it's like, yeah, I think exposing her to this type of thinking has allowed her to grow. And someone like Karen or like Lee Duty or Roger Duty, like, I feel like that is really what the legacy of Neil is. It's about the impact that we've been able to have on their lives and helping them reach their full potential. And to your credit, they've spent their career there. I mean, yeah. you know, it's hard to have someone spend their career anywhere, especially today. And you mentioned some great examples, people I, I know and love. Roger and Lee are fantastic, you know. And um, so the values of the company, you know, you talked about, you know, relevance and, and something I want to get into some of your activities. So certainly Paris Parker, we'll get to that in a moment, but you're out in salons every single week. Is that correct? If I'm not in our salons in Paris Parker, I'm out um, working with other salons, uh, you know, in our distribution territory. And um, that's everything from meeting with people that um, maybe don't even have a VEDA that want to talk about how to work better with the school and recruiting. Uh, we, have a, we have a really big focus on recruiting at Paris Parker. So I end up spending a lot of time talking with people about how they can really best staff their salon. Because that's like right now, like recruiting and culture, those are like the two hot topics right now in the industry from what I can tell. Just for some context for our listeners that may not know, uh, Paris Parker salons are um, owned and operated by the Neal family. Uh, it's a separate business. Is it 11? Lo- how many locations now? We have eight Paris Parkers and three Parker Barbers. Gotcha. Um, they're um, to a lot of people like they don't even know that uh, Paris Parker and Parker Barber are connected within the community. Uh, but they are like one kind of one leadership team owned by Neil. But yeah, I mean, the the thing that I love about Paris Parker is working with the team, but it also is what allows us to really walk the talk with our customers and other you know people in the industry. 
it's like what informs us about what's the right thing to do for the the professional channel. Yeah, and I think it creates relatability too because every organization's had their struggles. And sure. Paris Parker, um, um, from what I'm understanding with you, I mean, Paris Parker has always been in great shape, but it's an organization that's not immune to challenges. Um, I think you've done a hell of a job in your leadership with Paris Parker. I know when you started to come in about five years ago, five, six years ago, you've owned that and the business is growing and it's successful. So talk about that because that was really, you know, there's multiple assignments that will come up in a career like yours and you have so many different brands, but that's the one you're sinking your teeth in. So, yeah, I mean, you know, in a family business, it's like really you do whatever you need to do where you're needed. But um, Paris Parker was definitely been my focus. And, you know, it was hard for me to, to, I guess this idea, I mentioned it earlier, but like, you know, it was my dad's company, like the company has really grown leaps and bounds with my mom and Edwin III leading the company. And I had to like, kind of like grasp with how, how do I show up? And how how do I make my impact? And so I had to figure out how to like lead in my own natural way. And, um, you know, like obviously there's great foundational things there. But for me, I, I really wanted to, um, I felt like I needed to connect with the team. And actually there's a, a mentor of mine that has a book called uh, The Seismic Shift in Leadership. And it's all about um, how connection drives results. So I really kind of, flipped at Paris Parker on its head the way that we were doing things. And we used to really coach to the numbers and we made a big shift to coach to the values and the experience. And that to me has been the most natural way to lead because it's really about putting our team and our customers first. You mentioned a quote from the Fuji's. Why don't you go there for a moment? Yeah. So, um, I, I was actually last week on the way to do a presentation at uh, one of the beauty schools and I was listening to the Fugees and Lauren Hill has this line where she says, how are you going to win if you ain't right within? And that really resonated with me because at Paris Parker, love is one of our core values. And people sometimes are like, oh, well, how, what, what is love doing as part of a corporation's values? And the way that we see it is that Love really starts with self-love. And so that speaks really to the mental health of the, the team member. It's like they have to, to be right within them within their self in order to grow and have the positive impact that they really want. And so, you know, what, what I tell the team all the time is what we do at Paris Parker is we evoke self-love. And I, I stole that one from my mom. Who's, who's, you know, one of my greatest mentors. And, you know, it's about creating this transformational experience within the salon. When you turn that client around and they look in the mirror for the first time as their service is finished, like that moment right there when they smile at themselves is where that self-love really grows. And, you know, David Wagner talks about it a lot. I mean, we can, we know that we are having a positive impact on people every day with what we are doing in the salon. And so what I mean by coaching of the values is like, I don't care how good at cutting hair you are, coloring hair. If you're going to work for Paris Parker and you want to be on this team, you have to really commit to these values resonate with me because those are the things that are going to get us through the hard days or the arguments. 
it's like being connected to the similar purpose of why we're here. And lay out your values, if you would. Yeah. So um, the um, it's one is experience, tr- providing transformational experiences. Um, we also, um, you know, one of the things that we say is that our hairdressers, and this has been true for 20 years, our hairdressers um, are the most important resource for caring for our clients. You know, uh, we embrace diversity, but development is required. And it's all about um, developing the customer, the hair, the, the, the service provider, and the community collectively. And, um, and yeah, and, and, and love, and it all starts with self-love. I mean, I, we could do, we could spend a whole day uh, just talking about values. Right. Um, it's, it's actually, you know, we just relaunched NQC. I don't know if you knew this or not, but I spend like a full half day just going into to values and how we coach to those. We'll save a unpacking for a later day. Um, and I'm sure it's rich and a lot of depth to it, which uh, um, is, is very meaningful. Let's move over to COVID and, you know, tough stretch there. And you used an analogy that I thought was super interesting about Katrina. Yeah. So um, Katrina, you know, was probably our biggest test that we had ever gone through um because so my dad died in um 04 and then katrina happened in 05 so like dad dies we're like oh shit what are we gonna do he you know we've lost our leader um and so we 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 thought we were doing great and then katrina hits and it was like this other huge test right but what came out of katrina was that we created a uh disaster team they got together and anytime there was a hurricane that was potentially coming, they'd get together and meet about what do we need to do? Because, you know, we're here in Southeast Louisiana. Luckily, the, you know, the company is based in Hammond, uh, which makes it a little less vulnerable. But we have to make sure, even if there's a hurricane happening here, that products arriving in Texas or Tennessee or, you know, when we own salon biz, we had to make sure your salon biz is still working when there was a hurricane here in Louisiana. So um, that team got together and really it was um, our brother Ross that was like, look, I think this was in January, like I think January, early February of 2020, that uh, hurricane team got together and they said, all right, how can we take what we've applied here for a hurricane and apply it to what is gonna potentially happen to COVID? And so we made some really good decisions um, early on and it, it saved us. It was um, it was incredible. And I, I never would have thought that something we learned from a hurricane would have would help us get through a natu- uh, a, uh, a disaster like COVID, a pandemic. But it did. Life is full of silver linings, is it not? Yeah, it is. I thought that was super interesting and um, a really great analogy. And, you know, the other thing I know that you've done during not just um, Katrina, but other disasters is you're also the first out there with your relief fund. Um, And I know Edwin is very, all of you are very passionate about that. Talk about the relief fund just for a sec here. So so we have a... uh a charity called the Salon and Spa Relief Fund that we started after Katrina because we had so many 
um, friends in the industry that were affected that that weren't getting the support uh, that they needed to from insurance. So what we did was we created the Salon and Spa Relief Fund. And that that works for any disaster these days, um, natural disaster. So um, fires, things like that, like we deploy funds. And uh, it was it was also quite helpful during COVID. A lot of salons benefited from that. So your company is uh, what eight to nine hundred people all together amongst all the divisions. Is that about right? About eight hundred people. And kind of back to the values and the culture and all of that. Um, and that's a pretty big scale to be dealing with. And. You know, I, I don't even know my question here. It's more of an acknowledgement that to to spread the self-love, to spread the values, to spread the purpose and the why has got to be daunting for a business that's maybe trying to do that with 20 people, let yeah. alone eight to 900 people. I'm sure you're going to say so much of it has to do with the team, but unpack that for a little bit. How you create that cohesive, with that, that headcount? It really does have to do with the team. I mean, the team is the one they, I mean, they really believe in what we are doing and saying, you know, that integrity has always been, um, has always been there with Neil. And so I I feel like that makes it a lot easier for our leaders that are in, you know, you know, because we have, we have, especially with Aveda Arts and Sciences Institutes, we have locations from Seattle, you know, we have the one in Minneapolis, all the way to Soho. So a lot of them are outside of like our region where we're currently doing business. And, um, you know, we just have a great team that's out there that believes in the mission. And we've given them the personal development that they need to be able to have those conversations with the team. And then, you know, as far as branding goes, Tom, like, um, and values too, it's like, depending on the Aveda Arts and Sciences, versus Paris Parker and Neil, like really the way I think about it is like Neil's like the parent, like that has the values. And then each of the kids, their values are informed by the parent, but they all change depending on the business unit. I think a big, I think a big development in the Neil family and the Neil ecosystem uh, is uh, Tatum uh, and you and Tatum and how each of you bring a very different perspective. Tatum has been hugely successful as a creative, uh, probably still riding on a high from uh, his recent presentations at the uh, Congress Festival. And he's out there with this Elevate uh, Elevate program that uh, has now been around several years. I've got to think that must give you and the family a lot of pride to know that you have someone out there really pushing the creative side. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my mom, my mom said it this last weekend for, for those of you that saw uh, Tatum's Elevate presentation at Aveda Congress. I mean, it was incredible. And, you know, he said on stage, it, it really is about getting like how, how Elevate started was with this idea of just creating community. It wasn't about brand at all. And it still to this day is not about brand. It's about um, salons within a, you know, like within New Orleans is how we started it. There was a salon next door that we saw those people go in and out every day who we never connect to. And so the idea was like, let's connect not about brand, about craft and why we are here to do this thing called beauty. 
And so it started there and it just, it, it really grew and people were like yearning for this sense of community. And, you know, Tatum says it, that, you know, if, if we really got aligned as an industry, as a community, uh, we could tell the majority of the world, this message in six to eight weeks, mm-hmm. no one touches more people than, than hairdressers do. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So, yeah, but no, Tatum definitely, um, he really rounds us out as a family because, you know, for a long time, we haven't had a hairdresser um, as one of the the shareholders and family members. And, and Tatum really fills that void. And he does it in just such an amazing way. And um, he really has a passion for, you know, the whole industry, but especially the next generation. And I think that is why Elevate has been so successful, is it's giving a platform to the next generation and allowing them to show up and and show their ability on stage. You know, at this point in my life and my career, it's really I'm much more mindful about the next generation and and what our job is to set them up for success. And it's nice to really build on momentum. You know, uh, you and Tatum, and I think of Aaron, and I think of Austin Randolph, and I really think of and I, I seem to be meeting more and more. Uh, just this last weekend, I was in Chicago at Intercofier and. Um, and I can't tell you how many next generation I'm, I'm meeting the sons and the daughters. And it's super exciting to really see what you guys are doing, because there's others that are doing great things like this, too, from your generation. And uh, I'm, I hope to highlight them even more and more in light bulb moments. We're going to get to see you at two to ten in a few weeks. Yes. And. We, of course, will be at uh, Serious Business in January. What are the dates in January? I'm going to Ireland right before that. Maybe uh, we do Um, recommend Serious Business. Yeah, Serious Business is the the weekend of the January 20th. Okay. It'll really take place on Sunday and Monday, the 21st and 22nd. Yeah. Well... Looking forward to that, and and um, um, we'll be there in full force, uh, and it'll be year number what twenty? What year is it? Oh, gosh. I think it's like twenty seven, maybe. Yeah, and I think I, pro- I probably have only missed maybe two or three, and um, so it's one of those things you just don't miss. All right, let's go over to, to Garrison and and your personal life here a little bit, personal and other stuff. Now, do you still own a? Do you still co-own a hotel? Uh, yes, I do. I, it's, uh, it's funny how it happened, but I, I, uh, I had a friend who was, um, had spent a lot of his career doing hotels and he he had a passion. One thing that a lot of people may or may not know about my dad was he had a passion for, um, historic preservation and real estate and, um, you know, like downtown Hammond where our, our Hammond campus is, I mean, he really started this Renaissance. We moved to Hammond in 77 and, you know, shortly after that, he started this renaissance of really rebuilding downtown Hammond. And today it's like Hammond is one of the fastest. I think it is actually the fastest growing uh, city in Louisiana. And it's got this beautiful downtown. Anyway, so I met this guy, Jason, who um, who became a good friend. And he asked me to to be involved in one of his projects. And fast forward, um, he you know, I, I did get involved, but then uh, I introduced him to Paris and they got married and that they have a one-year-old um and it it's really just 
turned out to be this amazing story um, of like this almost like I another I did not another branch of the family business. All right, so you introduced the two of them. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah I did. Um, and yeah, it's been really special to see. Um, you know, right, I, and 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 you're a dad now. Yeah, so. I, have, I have two girls. I'm a girl dad. Um, Ivy is uh, six, and all turned four last week, mm-hmm. and they're they're just awesome kids. I mean, really, when you talk about legacy. I mean, that's that's reaching my full potential is is really about the impact that my kids are going to have on the world. And um, well, yes, Neil Corporation is our legacy. Um, so are the children. And uh, they just inspire me every day. I'll tell you just at, for a little joke, my uh, my my four year old at her birthday, um, she loves she had a Little Mermaid themed party and she's a redhead. And someone gave her a um, a mermaid costume, an aerial costume, and it came with a red wig. And she said, "This is a, the 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 dumbest uh, present ever. Why would they give me a red-headed wig? I already have red hair." I love it. I love yeah, it. It's it's fun, and I already take the kids into the business. And you know, I I think uh, you know they 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 get very excited about the salons. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool to see. I mean, look, I grew up in in the salons. You know, my, my one of my first jobs was working the front desk in the salon. So, as soon as as soon as uh, they can be, they will be working there. We'll look forward to it. I make yeah. I'll make sure I age well so I can be there to witness it. Yeah, for sure. Garrison, you've been a great guest. Let's everybody give him a virtual round of applause. Give him a little shout out in the chat, will you please? Give this man a shout out in the chat. Uh, Garrison, you are officially a member of the Brain Trust. You'll get your million-dollar light bulb very soon. And um, uh, what a great session. Great to spend time with you. So thank you, uh, Garrison. Thanks again for having me. Really appreciate All right, it. my friend. All right. There we go. It's another episode of Light Bulb Moments here as we wrap up. I do want to give a shout-out to a couple sponsors, in particular, Lightheart Sanders, um, as well as Ally Health. Uh, reminder, we do have some upcoming dates coming up here for a workshop on transition planning. We have two to 10 and we have an execution workshop in November. Some good stuff coming. We're getting excited about next year. It's going to be a busy, busy six months for us. I love connecting with this community and bringing the Neil, another member of the Neil family into this conversation as always brings me a lot of joy. So thanks to all of you for joining us. Thanks again for joining us. And we'll see you on another episode.